All right. Thank you so much for that, Aaron. Uh, so now we're going to move in to talk about the sermon from this past weekend, which was Easter. Uh, our proclaimer was Jim England. Uh, the title of the sermon was Resurrection is Personal. And the gospel covered John twenty eleven through 18, which is the whatever Easter morning, mm-hmm. the morning after the whatever Sunday after Good Friday, the resurrection of Jesus. Mary Magdalene at the tomb. At the tomb. Yeah. Yes. So uh, Jim credits, and I tried to find what he was referring to, credits a woman named Debbie Thomas and an article she wrote, but I really struggled to, f- I looked for it and I couldn't find it. And But anyway, I think we'll, we're going to just chat through the sermon. Um, and yeah, he kind of starts it off a little dark, right? As, <laughs> as Jim does. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was, uh, it's so. Starts in the dark. It, like literally starting in the dark, right? Well, and, and he, he's talking about. Mary Magdalene walking through the dark to go to the tomb and he and so and you know he said something that is it's so Jim England <laughs> he said Easter starts in the dark yep. and you know it's how the day starts yeah, right well and you know a, Jim's a retired hospice chaplain and right you know yeah it just it, it felt very Jim Englandy mm-hmm and, you know, in that passage, you know, Mary, it, what it's Mary and two other guys mm. that show up and the, the boulder is moved. And she's like frantic because and, she thinks that someone has stolen right. his body. Right. And Resurrection Jim, is not on the mind. And Jim goes through and talks about, you know, one believed... Something great happened, right? That that mm-hmm. was foretold. Another didn't believe it at all, right? And thought something bad happened. And then there was Mary, who, you know, stayed there after the other two men had left because she didn't know what else to do. Mm. I don't mean she didn't know what else to do. She stayed there, though, when the other two left. Left. Um, and Jim, um, there was some... there The theme of... The you know the title is resurrection is personal. You know that theme carried throughout the different stories or the anecdotes that Jim told us hmm. through the sermon, and the first one he really steps into was um, how he's deeply moved by those who have transitioned. And, um, to be specific, you're talking tra- about like transgender transgender people, people. and. I, you know, I, I thought what a beautiful, um, idea of resurrection and that, and how he laid it out for us and being called the name you want to be called once your body reflects your heart. Right. Well, and it's not, yes, what you want to be called, but the way he talked about it, it almost felt deeper than that, like. Almost like your true name, you know, like he likened it to in the dark when Jesus calls out to Mary Magdalene and she finally, like it clicks in her head and she feels like seen and understood Mm -hmm. when he calls out her name, you know. Uh, And and I thought that that was a, um, I was definitely not expecting that 
mm-hmm. in the sermon, you know. So I was like, I remember, you know, sitting on the couch, us watching that and us both going, Woo, Jim, calling out, mm-hmm. like talking about trans folk at the pulpit, mm-hmm. you know. So that yeah, was... no, we, we perked up on that. We certainly did. Uh, then next, Jim goes on to talk a little bit about um, how Mary refers to Jesus as Robini, 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 um, and how personal of a kind of term that is for my teacher. And um, you know, he talk. He goes on to talk more about the the men that left, and he asks a couple of questions. I thought we would explore together take them um, away and one of those questions would be how do we think we would react if we were in that situation i mean i definitely would be the person who says oh snap someone or someone done stole the body that would yeah. definitely be my reaction i think that would be both of our reactions i would not be the person who is like he is risen you know Mm-hmm. I would be uh, mortified. Mm-hmm. You yeah. go with what you saw, right? And what and, you saw what was I, nobody. And, right. Right. You know, because when you think about, rea- you know, if you would have told me back then, right, when we're hearing about all these wonderful, you know, miracles of Jesus, and if I put myself contextually in this situation, where these men probably knew some of those stories, right? And... Mm-hmm. You know, my practical mind would have been like, well, if he was resurrected, why would they have needed to move the tombstone, the, the boulder? <laughs> like, that's always, like, been something like, why, though? <laughs> mm-hmm. In all the, res- in all the, in all the miracles, that's all, that's one of the things that always was like, that doesn't make sense to me. And so I would have, on the head of that, right, and if you painted a picture, I'd been like, no, Jesus' body's been stolen by somebody. They clearly moved this boulder. Let's get out. Let's go look at the fingerprints. Right. Well, and I'd be thinking, because, you know, some other person, like, offered up that tomb, you know. It wasn't Jesus' tomb. Right. It was gifted. It was gifted. Lot, I mean, so much was gifted. So then, right. So then I'd be thinking something like, oh, snap, whoever's tomb that was done wrong somebody and they done came and took the body you know mm-hmm. I'd be trying to figure out what was up with it mm-hmm. so uh, the next question he kind of leads into and he wasn't looking for answers to these questions but thank you for them Jim because they give us great discussion points how has Jesus been revealed to us in our own messy dark places in all of our limitations Um, he's speechless. He's never speechless. Lord. Um, so, you know, I would say, can you read the question one more time? Just so I, how has Jesus been revealed to us in our own messy, dark places in all of our limitations? You know, for me, when I think of the messy, dark places when i am in a messy dark place it usually means that i feel alone and uh jesus and all that he represents and the you know the rep- 
also as a representation of the church and, and all of that, to me, represents not being alone. Jesus being a uniter of people, a person people gathered around, um, a change agent, and a political activist, you know, those types of things. And the, you know, the idea of going up against like the Roman government is very, I mean, that's big, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, I think Jesus reveals himself. For me, it's, it's in the company of other people. Mm. And other people, the presence of other people is what pulls me out of my messy, dark places. Good what about you? Oh, no, I'm the host. I don't have to answer. Uh, that's, not <laughs> that's not right. Uh, I would have to say ditto. Yeah. Why don't you extrapolate on that, David? I think... You know, the those dark places that you talked about. And whenever I think about those moments where I felt so moved by the Spirit or Jesus or, you know, whatever you want to name it, those have always been with a person or a group of people And, you know, many of us define that as church, right? Wherever two or more are gathered. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think that's, that's exactly where my head goes as well. So, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anything else you want to add? Um... You know, for me, in all of this, it may sound totally twee, I don't know, but I have really used the words that Andy Bashir says at the beginning and end of all of his conferences as like my prayer and my mantra. And it's so funny, like every time he says it, whenever I see Virginia do the, yeah, do the ASL interpretation of it. But, uh, you know, we will get through this. We will get through this together. And it's so funny. Every time I hear him say it, I get like a little, I get a little weepy. Like I get teary eyed, you know. Um, I think I find it more impactful when someone else is saying it. That's not him too. Yeah. Like we were watching... Last week we were watching the broadcast of uh, comedy, uh, the Shakespeare in the Park. Mm -hmm. um, they had had something on, and during their intermission, the artistic director said, "We will get through this." And oh we man, I had it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And to me, you know, that goes back to you know what I was talking about in the ways that Jesus is revealed in my life in my dark like dirty muddy muddy places is is this idea of togetherness mm -hmm. and so yeah i've just been 
that has been my, <laughs> my like I said, my prayer, my fight song, my mantra mm-hmm. in all of this. And I, it doesn't get old. I love hearing other people say it. I love seeing mm-hmm. it. Someone like uh, Christopher Mordecai Stewart, like, on Facebook posted a, a thing that he had like cross stitched and it just, it said, we will get through this. We will get through this together. And I saw that and I was just like, Oh, it doesn't get old. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, it's not the same thing, but I think of, uh, the Lord's prayer in the similar fashion growing up in the Southern Baptist house. The Lord's prayer isn't a thing that you say mm-hmm. all the time, but whenever I got into the ritual of saying it, uh, it's just a beautiful prayer. I feel the same way about Psalm 23. Doesn't matter how many times I hear any of them, I just drink it in. Mm. Well, thank you for joining me today, Stephen. Ch- chances are good we'll have you back before the end of this. So. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. I look forward to it. Yeah. Um, you know, y'all, just so you know, we had planned to eventually transition the podcast to going like bi-weekly um after easter after the special season doing some thinking and and i'm thinking out loud to myself probably we'll keep up with it um weekly for a while um even if i'm running late on getting an episode out like i am today i'm sorry you're getting this on thursday and not wednesday um but you know, I'm finding this kind of therapeutic for me. And, and I know it's uh, not that much of a two-way conversation. Uh, or, I'm you know, if you're listening to us, I don't get to hear you. But I invite you, if you are listening, to please, please reach out to me at uh, through the um, app or send me an email or send me a message. Let me know what you think. And I'd love to include your comments if you're out there. Um, we, you know, yeah, this is, this has been very rewarding, um, having done this, this whole last eight weeks, seven weeks, um, and we're going to keep it going. Like, I don't, I don't mean at least now while I'm trapped in my house, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm going to let you go with one more comment, um, in the newsletter. I know Aaron didn't mention this, but... I'm going to because my name's attached to it. Um, You know, we are in the season of freedom to be, right? Um, So we're inviting people to take a picture with maybe a little piece of paper that you've drawn on. And we want to know, we want you to fill in the blank. But the message is during this season, God is freeing me to be blank. And we want to put those pictures together um, in a video. And I want to see the congregation smiling faces. I want to see, I want to share that so you all can see everybody's faces. I want to be able to um, see the community, right? I want to, I want to engage with you. Um, So if you can get those to me, April 22nd, I set up a, a special email account to pick this up. And it's uh, hbcfreedom at gmail.com. Again, that's hbcfreedom at gmail.com. And 
like I said, April 22nd is our deadline, and I'm going to work on putting a video together to some of the music from church. So I would love to have your smiling faces or and your message shared through the uh, through the video. So please reach out. Um, I think that that that's good for this week. Um, this coming weekend, it was supposed to be. If you've all been paying attention, it was supposed to be the call weekend for our new pastor. Um, and that's clearly not happening, right? Um, if you're keeping up with the newsletter, that's that's being postponed until further notice. Um, uh, Alicia F- Fuller was supposed to come be on the show. And that, I have to check with her because we were specifically bringing her on with the new pastor search. So might be might be replacing that with somebody else. Um maybe Lillian Lily Glover. Um she might be joining me. Um we that's one of the reasons we have Steven this weekend, but we'll figure it out. Um and we will I have no idea who's even preaching this weekend, so we'll find out and uh talk to y'all soon. So thanks for joining. Thank you, Steven. Thank you. Have a great week, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, we This is The Commons at HBC Podcast. We're so glad you're with us. Happy Easter. Uh, we were excited to have Easter service, even if virtually. Um, and I found the worship service uh, meaningful, the music meaningful, as usual. Um, and today we had, uh, we have a very special guest, um, straight from my household, uh, with us today is my husband, Stephen Michael Carr. Hey, how's it going? So because he's so accessible and can't escape me, um, I had to tap him to join us for today. Um, and yeah, so... Uh, Stephen, give a quick, for those that may not have heard the very first pilot episode, um, give us a quick 60-second summary of who you are. Um, My name is Stephen Michael Carr. I've been going to Highland Baptist Church for, oh God, has it been 12 years? It's been 12 years, wow. Um, (laughs) I'm an ordained deacon. I'm currently an active deacon uh, with continuing care, which means that I check on people uh, who may be in like nursing homes or who have chronic conditions. So I spend a lot of time doing that. <clears throat> uh, I'm also on the Faithful Giving Ministry Group that deals a lot with um, tithing and the ways that we give financially to the church, which is so interesting right now as, you know, we're not at church. So we've really kind of changed up, you know, our direction to that. What's really amazing about it is that... Um, Online giving is doing just fine. Uh, Also, I'm on a committee that is looking at um, fixing the HVAC or replacing the HVAC in our church, which is something I never thought I would be part of, and yet here I am. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, well, uh, you know, in regards to having to figure out new ways of ministering in our groups... You know, I'm on congregational engagement and, you know. We've, yeah, what does that look like right now? <laughs> we've thrown out, 
you know, we'd essentially thrown out our next four months plan that we had laid out and we're working to figure that out. And, and hopefully we'll have something for you that are, for you, yous that are <laughs> uh, plugged in. We'll have something, you'll hopefully hear something in the next couple of weeks that maybe we can try to get together. Um, Whatever it is, I'm sure. Virtually. And they amazing. Yes, of course. Always. Um, so I thought, Stephen, we would check in and maybe see how, if we could tell them about how our Easter went. You know, um, ritual is something that's really important to me. And Lord, the, the, the very like flagship episode where we talked last Feels like this. a year ago. Feels like so long ago. I mean, it was pre... <laughs> Pre-COVID. It was pre-COVID-19, y'all, in terms of the, the quarantine aspect of it. and But I feel like I remember saying that ritual was important to me. And yeah, we started this... the We did your episode the week before Lent started, right? Yeah, yes. And so the, the reason why I bring that up is because, you know, one of the... Uh, rituals that you know growing up in the southern baptist church which you know we're not part of anymore but for me growing up in the southern baptist church there weren't a whole lot of rituals and one of the rituals was getting really dressed up in colorful clothes right to go to church on Mm -hmm. easter because it's a day of celebration and so you know for me that was a big deal even though we could have totally just sat in our pajamas because you know it was it was pre-recorded on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, but still getting dressed up for Easter was uh, important to me. Yeah, and we did. We got up, we got dressed, we had our coffee, we lit some candles. We lit some candles. For me, yeah. candles are an important thing too. That kind of separates the mundane world from the sacred, if that makes any sense. And after you know, um, I th- think I. Th- think I'm not the only one that, you know, you and I had a pretty rough Holy Week. Like we... Right. Holy Week is our jam. Right. <laughs> we really get into Holy Week. Yeah. We're like, it's like, when, when have you seen two gay men be so excited to go to church like every night of the week, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I know we're not the only ones in our church for the record. Yeah. But like, I find, you know, I found myself weepy a few times last last week before leading up to... Easter and those services that we always go like right. I know you're you didn't always go to Monday Thursday but that was always a service I always went to and I always very much enjoyed mm-hmm. um, the ritualized hand washing ceremony mm-hmm. stuff yeah well that and like you know um, a lot of times you do a Taze service on Wednesday night mm-hmm. which was totally my jam oh yeah you love that right and then you know you have the Tenebrae the service of shadows on Friday and you know we're black for that mm-hmm. you know because that's what you do it's like the funeral of Jesus you know yeah and I loved and, I, and don't get me wrong like I loved the services that we had online but it was like it was like drinking Diet Coke when you really want a coke, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so for sure. No, no, nothing against those of you that actually like diet coke. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but I mean, now I think it's important to note, though, like how appreciative 
I am, and I would say we are, of like how much thought and stuff is going into though the the iterations of these services that we do get to have. Yeah. Don't want to sound ungrateful at all. Right. And I actually, you know, um, I don't know if we're jumping too early into it, but I did appreciate that in the sermon homily section of the service, like Jim totally named that. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, I miss seeing the children walk down the aisle way. Yeah. I miss this. I miss that. And he named all these different. They named it at every service last week. Thing. And, uh, and I just, I thought that was really important just to name that. Mm-hmm. But also too, how meaningful it's been to, uh, hop on to those videos and watch them and and see all of the other people you're so used to seeing every Sunday or Watching whatever with, yeah. hopping on and uh, commenting throughout it in a way that they never would mm-hmm. like when if we had been together so for instance you know like all the amens like girl you know you know nobody's actually saying that out loud or they wouldn't if they were in church it's just very <laughs> maybe we will now maybe we will now i i personally want to bring the cl- like clapping i know you're i am a i the 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 choir and the people who play music they do such a good job and i at the end i just want to clap you know no one claps and so that's the thing y'all if you're listening to this be prepared the 9.30 service. We're going to be clappers, okay? <laughs> We're going to do it. He, he's tried to get this going for years, y'all. This is not a new thing for him. Um, you know, we... Post-COVID-19 world is not going to be a place where we can take anything for granted. And we need to let those choral scholars know we appreciate them. So, yeah, outside of Easter, um, how is... How was you... How was everything going? Outside of Easter? Yes. Outside of church stuff? Mm-hmm. Just life? Yeah. With, um, with all this. All this. And I'm waving my hand. Yes. So about that, I think it's so funny. I read this thing the other day that said, you know, people in lots of different places are, will refer to this as the pandemic or the coronavirus or Rona or uh, COVID-19. But... Oddly enough, in Kentucky, people keep referring to it as all this going on. And as soon as I read Before that, we even I read it, we've been... literally cackled because I was like, that's what I've been calling it, all this going on. And I wave my hands whenever I say it to, you know, all this going on. Um, so I just think it's funny that Everyone, you said that. Even your, I've heard your mom say it. Like yeah, it's, it must be in something in the water in Kentucky, all this going on. But... Um, <laughs> You know, I feel like a lot of other people in that I feel like I've gone through the stages of grief and I feel like at the beginning I felt like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I totally hit a wall. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I, I bounced back from that. And as staying in and, you know, I, I have this, I'm feeling very like, Mrs. Havisham from Great Expectations or Big and Little Edie from Grey Gardens where we're just kind of recluses, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but that, as that's kind of slowly become the new normal, I feel like we've definitely gotten into different patterns, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and, you've, and one of your ones you really like to lead, to lead this conversation is you started a 
adult book reading on Facebook Live. Yeah, so every day, Monday through Friday, I read from a book of short stories on Facebook Live at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And um, we actually started our third book today on the day that we're recording this. We started our third book. So that's a lot of pages that we've been sharing together. And um, (laughs) there is a group of retirees in Chillicothe, Ohio, every day that get in their wingback chairs with their glasses of wine and listen. And I just think that's a hoot. Like, I just love that. Uh, it's actually the the head of that clan is David's step-grandmother, uh, who has asked all of her friends to join in with her. And so they've all sent me friend requests. And now every day they listen to this live reading. And what's really cool about it is this most recent book we started uh, is it's called Firsts and it's people telling stories uh, like their their own coming of age stories and it's all written by people with disabilities which you know is my uh, area of work is is disability integration and inclusion and I reached out to the publisher and said hey I really would like to read this on Facebook Live and I promise I'm not trying to get any money out of this or anything. I just want to um, I just want to read it because people tell me that hearing me read to them is comforting. And they reached back out and they said, we would love for you to read. And not only that, whenever I started it today, they hopped on and they listened, the publishing company did, and they shared it on their Facebook wall. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, hopefully you can encourage people to follow you and not necessarily friend you so that they can get your public alerts on that. But yeah, if you all want to check that out, Stephen's doing that every day at 4 o'clock. If you've not seen it, if you're not friends with him, look him up. And it should be publicly available without you having to friend him. Um, but they are adult stories, right? So you're not reading stories for kids. No. They are... Uh, and it, Up until today, most of them would have been kid-friendly, although lot, like they, kids would find different them to be boring. Right. Yeah, kids would find them to be boring. Um Today's story was relatively, uh, it was definitely PG-13. Yeah, yeah, because so, there was language. There was quite a bit of language and in it. And it's probably going to continue in this book a and little bit, right? Probably. And my mother was listening, <laughs> so that was kind of fun. Uh, but yes, no, there's, well, uh, another person that I follow on social media, Andrew Gerza, has a, an essay in there, and so I'm sure oh, it's, yeah, it's going to be really... Words. I follow him on Twitter. It's going to be explicit, yeah. so... <laughs> All right, well, stay tuned to that, y'all. Coming up, we're going to take a short break, and Aaron Phelps is going to give us a rundown of what's going on in the community. So, Aaron, take it away. Hey there, Highland. Uh, This is just going to be a brief time for some announcements. There isn't a lot that's going on by way of events to be worried about, but a few things. One is that we're entering a time being uh, called the freedom to be, which is where we're really focusing on being aware of where we are and the freedom to sort of be rooted and give uh, thanks during that time. So something kind of nice to think about. 
Uh, also in the newsletter, there is um, a little bit of information about how you can send your story to our stories at hbclouisville.org. If you want to talk about why Highland Baptist is important to you as a way for the Faithful Giving Ministry Group to share why it's so important to give and what it means to the church. Finally, just a little bit of information for our young adults. We are going to continue to meet virtually at 1.30 on Sunday afternoons. The links to meet in our Zoom will be posted on the Highland Young Adult Facebook page. And it's just a good time to check in, talk about the highs and lows of our week, and also uh, sometimes just share in other ways of community. So those are really some of the high points. Hope you have a great week. Hi, and welcome to The Commons at HBC, a podcast and virtual space for community, conversation, and connection brought to you by the Young Adult Ministry of Highland Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. I am your host, David Bannister, longtime member who's volunteered all over the church. If this is your first time listening, welcome. The concept is simple. We will meet with our guests, hear what's going on at the church, and discuss this past week's sermon. So let's get started.